where we break down the 2019 Who Done It Knives Out. Let's break it down one minute of screen time at a time. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. In today's episode, we are breaking down minute 64, which begins with Jacob remembering what he heard while sitting in the bathroom and ends with Richard asking Ransom if Harlan cut him out of the will. Well, someone who I'm not going to cut out of my will because I haven't written it yet (laughs) is our guest for this week. She's a prolific podcaster and someone who knows her way around a movie script, rewatching a movie and breaking it down. Well, let's just call her Heidi Bennett. How you doing, Heidi? Hey, please call me Heidi. I'm doing great. Hey, everyone. Heidi in the mornings. Then we're going to go to uh, Harlan Richard for drive time here. We got a Tuesday going on here. Uh, Thanks for having me back for minute 64 of Knives Out. Knives Out. But first, we're going to play a little Joni Mitchell for you. (laughs) By the way, do you know that the, the characters are named after. Uh, singers like Joni is after Joni Mitchell. There's like the stu- the Steely Dan. Like there's like a couple of them were were. Mm. I, I didn't write that note down, but I saw that in a, a trivia. I'm sure someone else covered it. So everyone relax. But Who, who's Ransom named after this? Ransom is like the one that wasn't. So ah, okay. um, there you go. Maybe 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 it's apocryphal. But um, but yeah, this was uh. We, we we have Jacob talking about um, Jacob was saying that I'm warning you and so therefore we're finding out that um, Ransom sounds like he was cut out of the will but do you know what here's something I want to bring up because you alluded to this in the last minute and it didn't hit me until we rewatched this minute before hitting record you were saying in some ways Ransom is the most honest of the Thromby family. Mm-hmm. And he is the only one of them not to lie about what was said to Harlan. Remember, everyone else said, oh, it was like, you know, oh, it was just a billing discrepancy. Like, oh, we were just talking about, you know, this new rights and everything. They right. all lied. And the only person who's, when asked, of course, not asked by Benoit, he was not, uh, har- uh, uh, Ransom was not interviewed along with everyone else. And he's the only one who tells the truth about what the conversation was about. Right. And that, that makes it doubly funny that, because no- nothing blows the air out of the room or whatever the <laughs> pulls the air out of the room then like like michael shannon is like hey 
like big reveal, you know, as he throws his arms up in the air. But yeah, like it doesn't matter because Ransom's like, yeah, it's true. You know, like it's no big whoop. But yeah, the good, uh, good call. You made me sound like um, I've made something uh, very interesting happen or obser- observed here. Well, it, it shows that Ransom is the only person in the room there who really knows what the score is or is going to act like he knows what the score is. And you know, everyone is acting holier than thou about him. And of course, Michael Shannon in this minute has the red face screaming fit at him of all the stuff he wanted to yell at him. But the basis of all of the anger towards ransom is we're better than you because you're just this arrogant entitled i don't want to get bleeped jerk and who's just here for the money the 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 slam of him saying you're late you didn't show up for the funeral but you're early for the will reading that you're the problem and you're the one who caused all this this issue and of course none of it lands on ransom he just gives a little okay and that he's being honest he's the one here so like no don't don't act like that. And you know, quick spoiler alert, we find out eventually that the whole notion of the you're just here for the money isn't just a ransom quality. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's one of the reasons why none of the insults that are being flung at him are landing because he knows where they're coming from. Right. And he's not having to defend anything because he's not lying about his motivations and who he is. And everybody else is trying so hard and peddling or paddling so hard to try to act like I'm a good person. (laughs) And he doesn't have to do any of that. So no wonder he looks so relaxed. Yeah. And he's come. Everyone else is wound tight and yelling and throwing insults. He's the only one. I mean, obviously, the next minute he throws the insults around like crazy, but the ins- but he's not the one, you know, going on the offensive here. And one of the absolute, you know, great moments is, you know, Mike Shannon, Michael Shannon is, is red-faced, and he thinks he's having his moment to say, yeah, we're cutting you off after all this you've put us through over the last 10 years, and as as dad would say, you don't get one red dime, which is a great (laughs) (laughs) and a great saying. And, um, and, and of course, you know, Richard, Don Johnson's character tries to play the father. He said, son, and Chris Evans, father, he gives back (laughs) such a great middle finger. Yeah, well, we get two things here because right after the one red scent, he says, he, he mouths like, wow. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then he gets father. <laughs> I love it too because I think, like, I remember Don Johnson from when, you know, from his whole career, basically. And uh, it kind of makes me realize, like, what a great uh, having Chris Evans as his son works really well because he has that cocky 
handsome, youthful look to him that Don Johnson was, you know, yeah. so well known for for so long. And and I could see that as like a young Don Johnson character as well. Oh, you could definitely see Chris Evans putting on the pastel suit and <laughs> <laughs> they're playing smugglers blues, you know. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. But, yeah and your father, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm gonna. <laughs> the idea that are you gonna try to play an authority figure now, and and if, and it is funny when you know some of the things. And this isn't a spoiler. We've revealed things about all of these characters which are so petty and unlikable. I mean, we know that Michael Shannon's character has no talents nothing except supposedly curating the library of his father but that requires no work because his father just writes a book and doesn't sell the film rights and we know that richard is not just an adulterer but he's willing to break into harlan's desk to destroy the evidence so we see that these are not honorable people so when they act like oh we're we're better than you you know, Ransom knows the the score here. He knows that none of them are, are honorable people. And so I love the moment when Jacob reveals that um, that what uh, Ransom said and Michael Shane just throws his arms up in the air like it's a touchdown. That is just such a... Yeah, and that's like another one of those, uh, according to Ryan Johnson, like, hey, this is another one of his improv genius moves. And and like you said, let's get Michael Shannon in more comedies because obviously, you know, um, he's good at it, you know. And, and you see that he has the potential for like some really like, you know, broad comedy, like, like eyes bugging out of his head screaming <laughs> comedy you know a lot of times when you see a dramatic actor do a comedy it's because they're playing the reality of a scene you know dustin hoffman could pull off great comic roles if he plays it like he plays the reality he plays tootsie you know as a real character de niro when he made the, the transition to comedy he was playing the reality of it Michael Shannon could be a Jim Carrey type. I mean, he is just, you know, he's just, you know, the eyes bugging, screaming, face red. It's beautiful to behold. Agreed. All right. Well, I'm glad we, I'm glad we agree on that. But, <laughs> but yeah, there is such, oh man, there's, there's such calling out of BS in this scene and these characters who think they can have the, the the upper hand on ransom just being wrong you know it's tough to have the upper hand on someone when they just disarm you at each point and you know i'll just say there's there's sometimes i've been i have found over the years that if you want to disarm someone or make someone feel bad about themselves Yelling at them rarely does anything. Laughing at them, that gets under their skin. If you can make someone a point of ridicule, 
That's that's where it's at. I mean, we're we're breaking down all the reasons why I'm a terrible person on these podcasts. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's all I have to say about. Well, I, here, well, I'll say on the positive side because I do a lot of work. I've been, you know teaching kids and everything like that. And there was a bully in one of the middle schools that I've taught at. And at first, I tried to you know when I saw he was bullying people, I tried to really you know get mad at him and lecture him and everything. And I saw that that was feeding him, that he was, he was, that's what he wanted. And there was one day where he just was getting, trying to act all tough and everything like that. And every time he said something, act tough and everything, I burst into laughter. And he, it wound up, he wound up no longer bullying the kid. He wound up getting mad at me, but eventually walking away. And I diffused the thing because that was, that's, this kid's nightmare was to be laughed at. Now he could, potentially come into that school and murder me but do you know what it was worth it that i got this <laughs> this got dark fast <laughs> but he was no longer bullet picking on the little kid and that's where it was that's that's where it achieved so you know michael shannon thinks he's getting the upper hand he can't because uh ransom is impervious at this point um yep so, uh, hey, quick question here. Just thought yes. of this question right now. Um, what are your thoughts on, uh, I, I'm not a big, I, I've only seen The Last Jedi. That's the only other Ryan Johnson film I've seen. Hmm. So um, have you seen Looper or any of the other films that he's done? Yeah. Let me do a quick reminder, refresher. I have seen every single one of his films. Mm-hmm. I believe, except for, it looks like in, yeah, oh, yeah, I've seen Brick. I recently saw Brick. Really interesting, like, L.A. noir. Very creative. Really kind of weird. Uh, it came out in 2005. I definitely recommend it. I saw Brothers Bloom. I remember liking it. That has um, Hulk in it. Um <laughs> <laughs> and you know wait, which, like... wait, which hulk which hulk uh, mark ruffalo <laughs> edward norton or eric vada ruffalo or bill, or bill bixby for that matter <laughs> yeah really uh um please say ferrigno please say ferrigno ferrigno <laughs> yeah so uh without getting into opinions because i don't like to argue star wars opinions mm. i really liked the last jedi and I liked Looper. I liked the Brothers Bloom. Um, and I liked Brick. But I think as far as ones I'm going to be re-watching out of those, I think Brick would be there. And then Star Star Wars Last Jedi would be there. And Knives Out. Um, those are the, the top of the ones that I have enjoyed. I'm not a super precious Star Wars fan. Um, I just didn't... I was just bored by the last Jedi. I mean, that's, that's a bad sign when I'm watching a star Wars film and I'm bored. Yeah. Uh, and to me, it was the opposite, you know, yeah. but, but again, I don't like to me. It's like every person's relationship with what they love is, is theirs to enjoy. So, you know, uh, my one thing I wished about the last Jedi was I wished it was like rogue one or the Han Solo film where it was not, it didn't have to fit into the film before it and the one after it. Mm -hmm. I wish it was a standalone film um, where we followed people that weren't in the, uh, um, the previous uh, 
in the previous movie. Gotcha. Um, that's the one thing that I wished was uh, that they did with that because the thing that bothered me was trying to figure out how did this fit in the last film, and then when I see the last film, I was like, wait, what did, did that fit with this? And I kind of, you know, it, I, I wish that he just did his own expectation bending film that didn't have to fit into a larger puzzle. That was the, and and I also just died. I don't remember what happened, which is a problem. <laughs> you know, I, I left the film like, I don't know what just happened. And I don't really care, which is usually well, not like I it. said, for me, the opposite was true, but that's fine. No. And, and, and some, I know some people who absolutely love it. And I think I have found few things in the world to be as mind numbingly dull as hearing people bitch and moan about the star Wars films. And this is coming from someone who waited and slept on the street for Phantom Menace tickets. Um, and to the point where I was like, okay. Yeah, I, I, I it just, uh, you know, I, it just didn't do it for me. And which is one of the reasons why I think I will eventually check out his other films because the only other film I've seen is this film, which I think is wildly entertaining. Yeah, I would say as far as you enjoying this one, my recommendation would be Brick. Mm-hmm. All right. So there you go. There you go. Well, we got one more to do in this week for our little brick house that we're making here. So why don't you tell me where we can find your stuff? All right. So you can find pretty much everything if you start at HeidiBennett.com. That's where you can find out about my podcast producing work. I'm a creative consultant. I coach, so I partner with creative professionals and help them organize their thoughts and um, get past all of their imposter syndrome baloney and get their projects done. And I love working with creative teams and people individually, but I also love producing and hosting podcasts. And you can find all my podcast links there as well. And you can follow us at Knives Out Minute. You can follow me. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball. I'm at Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And please check out Locked On MLB if you're a baseball fan. Even in the offseason, we are producing all new episodes, and it should be a lot of fun. Well, we've got one more minute to talk about this wonderfully happy family reunion. Thank you so much, Heidi Bennett, for joining us. And stay tuned for the next episode 